Salutations, dear listener. Hello, hello. Well, you've made it, uh, you know, off the dusty old trail into the future is our oasis. Um, let me pour you a drink. Oh, we'll wait. <laughs> and uh, yeah, kick your boots off because uh, you're back. You're back in our arms. Me and Max, loving, tender, strong arms. Mm. Uh, how you doing, dude? I'm doing good. I'm. Uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks, just like the slog, you know. But um, enjoying having like some nice weather out and being able to chill in the grass with my intense allergies. Yeah, dude. Ever since you started talking about them, my eyes been itching a fucking lot too. Um, it, yeah, it's just like the fucking curse of life that it's like this is my favorite time of year. Um, truly, is, especially in New York. But then it's like I'll go to the park with a girlfriend and the dog and just be having a good time and then it's just like everything in my insides is like screaming to be outsides they're just like just snot <laughs> blowing out of both nostrils and rubbing my ears like yeah <laughs> Mac, you're sort of like a you strike me as like a sort of like a one of those like trappist monks or something where like no matter what you're doing they'd like wear like the hair shirt or something <laughs> so that like they're always uncomfortable <laughs> so that they like were never too far from like penance and god yeah I feel like someone did that to you, and allergies are your version of that. Well, so maybe it's, it's just like a it's a consider it a religious experience. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, think about it. It's my uh, I was gonna say it's my um, entry point to finally self-emulating for some sort of well reason. Yeah, you know, if you have to do that, maybe uh, you know, think long and hard about uh, you got to pick the right thing right like yeah, it can't be like on for some, on some on some nothing shit on like some that like that whatever like fucking popeyes isn't selling like the chicken sandwich right there. that's not a good reason to, well to that let's not let's not let's not pretend that that uh let's not uh let's not joke about that because that would be some pretty serious business but uh you do want to make sure that uh yeah you w- if you're gonna light yourself on fire that people are gonna actually notice um, but I don't think it'll come to that because I think uh, if nothing else, we'll get some Zyrtec for you. Nice. Um, so you can continue to uh, offer us your delightful, uh, perspectives on, uh, everything that has to do with, uh, this podcast, which, uh, Mac, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a podcast about the future and a podcast about how, you know, we're sort of living in this sort of techno uh, future that we were always promised but a lot of it is a little more grim a little saltier than uh than sweet and you know that's what the future is i was all about yeah sort of licking the salty salty crusts out of the folds of of, of the future i love that segue think about that yeah um little welcome. little piece of housekeeping for you fellas um oh, we've yeah. uh, if you've been listening Probably. to us we've had We've we've laid it on you the last couple episodes. We've just been we've, riffing. Uh, we've been going nuts. Been going hard. You got a whole book thrown at you last week. A book the size of a um, maybe a like a, a an infant book. that didn't quite yeah. make it all the way to term. You've got um, <laughs> oh Christ. You we had uh, neural inputs before that heady stuff. So um, pardon the pun, but you know this week we're uh, 
we're kicking the belt loose a little bit off and, you know, bring on those Wrangler jeans and we're going to keep it a little bit lax today. You know, a little, uh, still going to have yeah, some good we're, shit we're, for we're, you. Me and Mac are both in our Daisy Dukes. <laughs> our big old guts are just spilling <laughs> over the top. We're just sitting on the porch drinking iced tea. And we're just gonna keep it nice and chill for you. If you you can maybe hear our our resident piglet Ray <laughs> snorting. Um, Listen, if you could, if you could see this fella right now, he's just like he's going to town on his on his nether parts. <laughs> um, but as per usual, this is our producer Ray. Yeah, we're talking. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we got a bit of a looser episode for you today, dear listener. But we're gonna talk about some stuff. Don't you worry. Yes, sir. Um. Uh, talking about housekeeping yet, like, uh, I think what you heard last m- week for our, your intro music was our dear friend Dalton, um, and his project Espresso Tempo, which you should go check out. Um, he's also going to be, uh, filling you in, in our intermission today. So, uh, if you like what you hear, go check out his music at, uh, Espresso Tempo on Spotify, I do believe. Yeah. Um, so we're yeah we're we're uh, we're uh, forever indebted to him and his uh, musical talents. Yeah. But uh, okay, enough about all of that. Um, shall we uh, shall we jump right in? What, what what's on the docket today, Mac? Well, since uh, we were already talking about Dogs. a dog, why yeah. don't we talk about <laughs> the other dog? Yeah, the other dog uh, in our hearts that we all love so much. Um, if you recall, dear listener, a couple weeks ago we talked about um, Spot. Um, the the police the killing the police robot, um, who was under some flack for just being sort of a so sort of a cold uh, reptilian uh, sort of uh, surveillance and control monster that people uh, weren't exactly stoked to see sort of twitching through their <laughs> neighborhood and lo and behold it looks like the NYPD is spiking their contract with Boston Dynamics and just saying uh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, what's the what's the what's the tea here, Mac? Yeah, I mean, pretty much we talked about this before, but um, obviously the Boston Dynamics robot spot, like, kind of without anyone knowing, they didn't make a press release or anything. Like yeah, NYPD just, just like on the street one day had spot. Like I think they were like going to like someone's house for to do a like arrest, serving like a drug warrant or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And spot, if you're not familiar, is like Boston Dynamics is a sort of f- f- vanguard robotics company um, that has been owned by a lot of people over the past, including Google, the mm-hmm. car maker Hyundai, um, who I think might still be the current owner. Yeah. And they make a lot of like really advanced robotics, one of which famously is this little dog-like creature that's probably about the size of like a Cocker Spaniel, mm-hmm. maybe like a, a Labrador perhaps. Um, and, you know, everyone was like, oh, what will, what will the use of it be? And fr- frankly, yeah, I don't think anyone's surprised that their main client is like police departments and stuff. Um, and one was seen just sort of marching out of a housing project um, to the chagrin of everyone who lived there. Like what the fuck? Right. Not that long ago. And yeah, it looks like the, uh, the heat was a little too hot uh, in the kitchen for uh, the NYPD. So they're just going to return their little robot dog. Yeah. Uh, and eat like to n- the I kennel. $94,000 in the lease. Like they had leased. It's weird that you can lease out a spot robot, but that's apparently what they were doing. Yeah. It's like a, for several years. like a, like a Chevy Tahoe. Or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh bye bye spot. Bye bye spot for that's now. That's a future is not so out. That's, that's good news, right? We can chalk that up as a win. I mean, I guess 
Yeah, I mean, I, I it's I, our money, but it is our money. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say like, yeah, that's ninety four thousand bucks of of taxpayer money, whatever. Also, that's like that's honestly surprisingly little money. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna pay out ten times that in like, you know, wrongful uh, violence suits in the coming uh in the coming months. But you know, so be it. I, I I'm glad. I don't I don't think there's any need for uh. Yeah, robotic auxiliaries to our to the boys in blue here in the city. I think they have things quite in hand, and honestly, uh, too much in hand. Did frankly. you uh, did you see like this was I think last week or a couple weeks ago? But um, the French military, I think it was like they were working with a Boston Dynamics robot and a bunch of other. It was like sort of like a it was like a trail mix of robots <laughs> that they were like they had like a photo of them doing um, a training exercise and it was like all these different robots that they were we're working with no that sounds chilling um (laughs) i I had not seen that um i mean i would i uh, it doesn't surprise me though i mean i guess i think like the french under under emmanuel macron have been a very hot trot in uh courting um a sort of silicon valley vibe um as far (laughs) as far as their whole uh you know their whole uh, overseas imperial operation goes, mm-hmm. you know, I think they they kind of consider themselves, certainly the Macron government considers itself a bit of a junior partner of our sort of neoliberal uh, uh, regime here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that seems about right. Although I didn't see them. I mean, I'm curious, like, um, I, I, I tend to think like any type of robot that is going to be taking some Frenchman's job would be, like quickly stuffed into a burning <laughs> barricade um, over some protest about not having a, you know, not having a three hour smoke break anymore or something. So I don't know. I tend to think that they can fend for themselves over there better than we can. But uh, that is pretty funny. Well, on the topic of Silicon Valley, you mentioned that you want to talk about um, our favorite Silicon Valley huckster is. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Musk, our favorite South African uh, and recently, Saturday Night Live host, or is that ha- is about to? Happen, I think that's right? gonna happen. So dumb. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> super cringe. Um, so dumb. Hopefully, they'll make him smoke weed and embarrass himself like he did on the Joe Rogan podcast. And just come across like a total, just like glitching, malfunctioning freak. Um, no, whatever. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting little document to uh, to see how he does. But uh, no, yeah, Mr. Tesla. I mean, Mr. Musk. So I think we talked a little a couple of weeks ago about um, the the sort of Tesla that just sort of decided it was a real boy and to accelerate a hundred degree a hundred miles per hour into a wall and mm-hmm. incinerate its in, its inhabitants, um, which isn't precisely what happened. I'm taking some uh, sort of a poetic license, but uh, basically, yeah, there were two folks who were like incinerated in a Tesla that was apparently driving on autopilot um which is a bit concerning if uh, we're going to be uh, embracing the future of self-driving cars and it was yeah. the musk the musk position that uh no it was not self-driving it was their fault right uh, we we were not wrong I, my hand was not in the cookie jar <laughs> and then lo and behold mac what 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 did we <laughs> what did we learn in the news yeah well uh, tesla themselves came out a couple days ago or a week ago and said that they confirmed that the autopilot feature was on that car, which directly contradicts what Musk had said like less than a day after the yeah. crash happened. I'll read just uh, I'll just just to just to 
bolster your claim here, which, you know, our claim. Uh, this is from CNN Business. Quote, Tesla said Monday that one of Autopilot's features was active during the April 17 crash that killed two men in Spring, Texas. Police said no one was in the driver's seat at the time of the crash. Uh, end quote. So, yeah, that was like sort of what was reported widely mm-hmm. at the time. And Elon Musk like jumped out ahead and was like, no, that's impossible. That cannot simply it simply could not be the case. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, it is the case, <laughs> which is like, you know, I mean, look, like. Okay, let's say you had like near perfect self-driving car technology. Mm-hmm. Like you would probably eventually have something like this happening. Um so in and of itself it's not like all that worrying given right. how much self-driving cars are already on the road and all that shit. The thing that makes me more suspicious is that like Musk would be so strident in denying it. Yeah. When it's just like obviously true that it was involved. It's like oh that's like clearly like the uh you know that's like a type of situation where it's just like um you know my uh my my self-driving technology t- does not kill anyone t-shirt has uh, a lot of people asking questions that are already answered by the t-shirt right <laughs> type situation where it's just like uh why, why are you so eager to uh you know douse these flames well i think like from his point it's like so after the initial crash happened and it was getting all the attention, when Musk comes out and says it didn't happen, like there's a certain amount of people who are like the Musk fanboys and shit who hear that and then it's done and over with. And now that like Tesla's come out a couple of weeks later, like I wonder like how much this actually like matters to people because like Musk is kind of like a Trump thing, right? Where it's like he's not telling the truth, but just because he like douses water on something immediately then people forget about it in the news yeah. cycle and so then it has less damage but he does this shit all the time right where he just like makes yeah. shit up especially on twitter but then doesn't really pay any consequence for it yeah i mean what consequence i mean yeah he's just like a public he's just like a tw- he's a poster effectively i mean that's like his main role is to just right. like yeah sort of lead his like gormless dipshit uh, fanboys around by the nose uh, or by the ear and they do really you know wait on his back and uh, on his every word and uh yeah you're right i mean i think he's probably i mean he's smart enough to probably know like yeah i can just make this claim and if it uh, if it ends up not being true later like no one's fucking paying attention to this shit three right. weeks later like it's just like way beneficial to just get out in front of it and say nope nope all good and then yeah. people are like all right fine I just wonder, though, because it's like this was a couple years ago when he like he got in trouble with the SEC because he was like saying something about like going taking Tesla private. He was going to take it public. public, He said he was going to take it public at like 42069 or something. Just like, dude, aren't you like 43 years old? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) but he got but it was like a whole thing with like insider trading. Yeah. And like apparently like he had to like fucking like um, essentially he told the SEC that he would have to like run his tweets by tesla from now on yeah, by the board or, i think and like it seems like one it uh, seems like that's not happening not but two happening. if it did happen then that's a whole nother thing of like what the fuck is going on then because he ran it by them and then they they contradicted his claim publicly like yeah it's a lot of like yeah shit. i don't think that whatever fucking uh you know handshake deal with the sec is 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 i don't yeah. think that's in force anymore I mean, he's their golden <laughs> if boy. it ever was well yeah of course he is i mean he's just like i mean he is i think still the richest person in the world so i i would tend to think that like you know there's plenty of palms to be greased uh this way or that to just let him do his dumb tweets uh if that's what he wants to do and go on snl 
Uh, Aaron, go on SNL. Yeah, dude, I, that's funny. I wonder how many just like tens of hundreds of millions he had to pump into uh, their coffers to uh, be allowed on. Yeah. I will be curious to watch his performance. I'll I be mean, curious to watch. I mean, it's like the thing is, though, like not that he shouldn't like anyone should be able to go on SNL, but it is like this thing where it's like he like the public image of him, like he's somehow there's a lot of people that hate him, obviously, but he's managed to like maintain like sort of cred with a lot of people image wise that like yeah. other people in his position haven't it's because and like, he's like an act he's, yeah, he's like an epic reddit guy and yeah exactly actively, like courts that type of thing and i and i like i don't think it's necessarily saturday night's fault for doing this but i think that just feeds into it more you know what i mean by making him like this like dude that's just like would you ever see mark zuckerberg be fucking on saturday night live that would just be he would suck, but he would well, also yeah, just be he's like much <laughs> more like acutely autistic than than Elon <laughs> Musk is. So it's like it just would be no fun Could for you anyone actually, involved. Maybe that would be hilarious, though. Could I you imagine? If I, w- like I was actually <laughs> watching. There was some Facebook shit happening, and I forget what it even was, but it inspired me to like go watch like YouTube videos of him talking, Ugh. and like it's not as bad. I think he's like honestly undergone like some coaching. Sure, he was yeah. talking to like one other just like completely like plasticine YouTuber who's like <laughs> this guy who's like been on YouTube since 2009 and has like interviews with like Obama and like mm-hmm. 10 million subscribers and shit. So it's just like the whole thing just feels like just like frozen in amber. But I don't know. I mean, it's like, yeah, he's an awkward dude. And like, it's weird, but it's just like in a way, it's like he feels way more. I feel like Zuckerberg's been polished um, in his public speaking, um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, Musk just like yeah, he plays into our sort of uh, collective fantasy that like oh, there's like some smart, epic guys out there who are just like, yeah. you know, everything is just a question of uh, just getting like the right smart dudes like on the issue, right. and they'll like crack the nut, you know. Well, I'll, I'll like, I'll be, I mean, I'm super skeptical of him because, like, I write about him a lot, but it's like, if I wasn't in that position, I feel like I'm the type of person, demographic that, like, that works on normally. Cause it's like, yeah. I have to catch myself because there is, like, there is some shit that he does where you're just like, that's, like, kind of cool. Or it's like, that's, like, at least, like, sort of interesting. And, like, I don't know, like, the Rogan podcast and stuff. But it's like, if I wasn't, like, just so hardwired to like see this guy's like bullshit then like i could see why it works in, in a much different way than no, like yeah I, a fucking like i don't know jeff, jeff like jeff bezos couldn't do that you know what i mean like he tries to do that but he can't you know what i mean no yeah i see what you're saying i mean like because he's like well i don't know well how i mean how old is musk and how old is uh bezos i feel like they're not that different maybe i could be the totally thing wrong is, that, elon musk is uh 49 Way too old to be doing Reddit meme shit. Um, Bezos is probably in his 50s. Bezos is uh, 57. So he's like, but they're like, yeah, they're only eight years apart. They don't feel that close. No, but Musk is like so much more focused on like, yeah, I'm going to be sending a Bitcoin mining rig to Mars. And guess what? (laughs) We're going to be doing NFTs up there and live streaming on Twitch, guys. Let's go. And everyone's like, you know, it's like. Yeah. He's just like, I don't need to talk to you fucking nerds. Like, what the fuck? In a way, it's almost more debased because it's just like Musk seems to like genuinely court the approval of like the average Reddit poster. Right. 
When it's like, bro, you're a fucking billionaire. Why you? Why you talk? Why do you? Yeah. Well, that's why. But I also sometimes maybe on the by the flip side, it yeah. is. Yeah. Maybe you can see that as endearing because it's like it's kind of like the I don't know like the fucking rock stars who like sold out, but they still give some cred to their roots. I don't know. Like there's like and, and I think the part of it too that's like <laughs> yeah, t- like for whatever it's worth, he does like still. It seems like he does do the engineering side of it to some extent, which is like I can't speak to that. I don't. Which really is know, like yeah. I don't know. Like he clearly does he. Yeah, like he apparently he designs. Is he like in the trenches on that shit? Which is like, well, maybe that explains why all of his cars and rockets are constantly exploding. (laughs) Hey, no, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't know enough about his his day to day operations. But if you say that's true, yeah, I I think. um, Last thing on the topic is that he should make a signed, like. document somewhere saying that he's gonna go die on mars so i, I like yeah he should fucking it. send his own ass up there and <laughs> get everyone else to follow him yeah that that would yeah that's a great idea we should ban it yeah let's get him up there dude i mean come on lead your troops uh, at the front of the column um anyway we'll talk we'll see about getting that uh getting that um you know petition to uh mr musk's desk yeah we'll follow up with you guys about that and we'll let you guys know yeah um in the meantime uh what's next mac what do we want to talk about um uh, some do politics do we want to talk about the biden admins stuff yeah do you want to you want to go into that real quick and then we can um we can talk about it. you um capital mm-hmm. capital johns are you ra- are you down to talk about that yeah we can so we talked about um we talked about this a little bit previously um in another podcast but um obviously like the, with the capitol hill riots um it was a big point of not just like a, a moment in the national spotlight but also a big moment for the surveillance state and for like the national government <laughs> it was their moment it was no it truly was <laughs> it was their, their time to shine but um <laughs> So a lot of things that have happened, but most recently um, there's an article in CNN that came out that was um, talking about how the members of the U.S. government, I think it's like the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, here, let me read a quick quote. Sure. from. I think this is like the lead from the CNN article. Quote, the Biden administration is considering using outside firms to track extremist chatter by Americans online, an effort that would expand the government's ability to gather intelligence, but could draw criticism over surveillance of U.S. citizens. And I love, I love that. Like the last could draw, <laughs> could draw criticism. It might over, not. No, everybody <laughs> might just be like, no, that's chill. Yeah, unfortunately, that's go off. True. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, so basically, um, privatizing. Like and like the NSA, but what if it was private companies yeah. doing it? So I mean, that seems like the nut of it. To yeah, me, right? I mean, so like obviously, if anyone has not lived under a rock, you know that like the government's monitoring everything you do online. However, like there are certain like legal technicalities that prevent like right. say an FBI just to agent keep it exciting from, for them. Yeah, you know, you, <laughs> want, you don't want to be too easy. Yeah, yeah, you know, just to keep it fun, the fun and spicy in for you. You want them to struggle. No. Yeah. Hey, um, so, but no, it's like, for example, like, um, there was much news about how, like, in the Capitol Hill riots, like, there was a lot of organizing that happened on, like, apps. And, like, technically, and, like, I think there's, like, this is giving it too much credit because there's, like, infringements on this all the time. But technically, you can't, mm-hmm. like, pretend to be someone else as a government employee yeah. agency if you ask and a, then if go you ask on an to, like, these. cop, if they're a cop, they have to tell you. Which is, like... <laughs> yeah, but as it goes, right? It's like, it, it's, for example, if someone was like on Telegram plotting anything, right? Like, 
you would have to essentially get like a court warrant to be able to go and like pose as a person like in that telegram um group whereas this is that true you can't just like try i i always thought that like if you were like let's say you're an fbi agent or whatever you could just like go on a discord server and just like pretend to be anyone and just say shit that's what i assume i mean this is this article was suggesting otherwise but like that's what i always assumed was that was happening that has to be the case dude i mean yeah i I would have to think like maybe it's just like if you're inciting people to something or you want to like explicitly ask people to do x or x y or z right but i have to imagine like there are plenty of fucking ops as it were who are on you know every conceivable social media channel just right. if, if doing not if 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 nothing else just lurking and like you know sure well that, what people that's are like, saying i mean that was the main read i got off of this is like if you go into it it's like it's not that they're not doing this but for example so like to clarify who is it that they're reaching out to like it's like a, a bunch of research companies and like the social media companies themselves will like often go in to like these apps and and platforms and like poses people like it's not uncommon for like say if you're an academic researcher for example to like as part of a report to go and like sort of observe what's going on in like a clubhouse room for example yeah. right and i think that the real thing here is that not that like the u.s government isn't doing that but the it's such a wide net that like they can't possibly there's just not enough people to do that. And so like they're trying to rely on like other sources. And to be to be completely clear, the government has like denied this in like statements in this article. And they and the article, as I remember it, says that they were just looking into it. But um but yeah, I mean it goes into like it's a broader question of um this was with the social media companies and with the telcos with like the Snowden stuff, but just like the hand hand-in-hand relationship between the government and, like, these platforms. But yeah. You, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I don't know, dude. Like, uh, here's my thing. Like, it's just... It, none of this shit carries water with me because the thrust of this, or, like, this article seems to be, or, you know, or at least, like, the 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 position of the Department of Homeland Security as uh, Homeland Security, like, as uh, interpreted through this article, is that they're, like, by dad gum, like it's just so hard to keep it keep our thumb on these wily extremists. We just need like right. more powers, and it's just like that mm-hmm. is fucking bullshit. That does not hold water with me. Like you have basically every like the government has so much latitude to uh, surveil us. Right. I mean that's become that's been public knowledge for the past ten years since right. Snowden and you know primarily you know it's just like you know it's uh, it's been fully assimilated. I want to read a quote quickly from this article, which just literally made me laugh out loud when I read it. So, quote, There was only limited awareness before January 6th of what violent extremists were planning through social media, said Tom Warwick, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council who served as DHS Deputy Assistant Secretary for Counterterrorism Policy from 2008 until 2019 and has decades of experience as a career government official at agencies including the State Department. End quote. Like, literally jack me off so fucking hard. <laughs> oh, we didn't know... Uh, everyone who, who's been... who's spent like 10 minutes online since this fucking... the insurrection... It was all over Facebook. They were printing fucking T-shirts right. and mugs about like January six. We're storming the Capitol. Let's go. Absolute fucking Joker bullshit. I mean, and beyond beyond that, 
these extremist groups, I mean, many of them are absolutely shot through with like FBI informants. Famously, the guy who was the main Proud Boys dude, Enrique Tario, was an FBI informant. Really? And that came out after the fact of the January 6th uprising. Yes, he was like the head of the Proud Boys. Um, it came out that he was not present at the rally because like they didn't want him to be there because it was uh you know understood that it was going to be a major thing mm -hmm. um and it was only like after that that he like pulled out and became sort of a you know outed as an informant right and this goes back a long long time like uh, you know the kkk in in the 60s yeah. and before were like substantial percentages of them were were informants and it's just like a lot of this stuff is not like you know it's like it's more useful to be inside of these organizations, these extremist organizations, and be able to direct their flow and like sort of, you know, use them for perhaps political purposes. This is my own perspective on this, but there's a lot of this is not me, uh, you know, merely uh, freestyling. Um, then uh, just to like keep tabs on them to limit them. I mean, there's like a lot of these organizations have always been like well under the thumb of of police organizations and yeah. know exactly what they're doing so and, and regardless of whether or not uh you know you want to go hook line and sinker on that and there's plenty of reading you could do um it's certainly the case that like as 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 uh as far as this story goes of like letting um uh like surveillance organizations within the u.s government like get more latitude to surveil people because right. like that finally then they'll be able to prevent yeah. all of these bad things from happening it's like why don't we ever give them the type of performance review that like i've gotten at work where when i fuck up and completely shit the bed and do a terrible job like i get in trouble and i get like less privileges right it's like it only seems to go the other way it's like when they do a terrible job it's just like oh we need to give them more money yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And it's like, this was something... We talked about this, I think it was one of our first episodes right after the Capitol Hill riot, and there was still uncertainty about what would have happened. And I think it was like my like fucking, you know, like, like point of interest where it was just like saying that this was going to give like more latitude for the quote surveillance state or yeah. like the intelligence agencies to, to, like, to like, to <laughs> like increase their power. And like, this is one aspect of it. And then... Another aspect of it, this was a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a big, <laughs> it didn't get much attention, shockingly, but there was a big report in the Washington Post about how um, basically they showed um, all the different ways that the FBI specifically um, was essentially just like stomping their foot down on the Capitol Hill rioters. And it was just like a, um, it was like a case study in like in the surveillance state, right? Every single thing that you talk, that I've talked about, and that everyone talks about yeah. license plate readers, facial poo -poo recognition, platter. like all the all the buzzwords. They were all geofences. They were all used um, to essentially um, charge a bunch of like bunch of people that were that were at the riots. And like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people who well, like you know if you committed crimes, like you should go to jail. Sure, fuck shit. them. I don't have but I don't shed a tear, but it's like this was like civil liberties. You know, be be damned. Right. And a lot of the shit. And I think. There was a quote from something that yeah, I saw you penned uh, or you you pinned from the Washington Post where they called it one of the biggest criminal investigations in American history. Right. Where they were essentially and more with 
wherein more than 300 suspects were charged. And, like, granted, yeah, it was a big fucking crime that happened. Right. And, like, I want to make quite clear, like, as individuals, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not fucking, I'm not shedding a single goddamn tear for any dickhead who, like, tried to go. I mean, granted, like, it is cool if you went and took a shit on Nancy (laughs) Pelosi's desk or something. But, like, you know, fuck them. Like, they knew what they were getting into. And it's like, wow, high time that, like, a fucking white Republican dickhead faces some consequences for their criminality. Like, yeah, right. cool. But it's absolutely the case. And it reminds me of something we talked about last episode with like how Afghanistan and before that Vietnam were just sort of like open sandboxes for like testing out tech yeah. of like counterintelligence or counterinsurgency tech and all stuff like that. I mean, this sort of seems like it was like a, like a sort of domestic version of that. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. it was like, Oh, finally we have like a great excuse. And like, it's valid. It's a real thing that happened. It was a fucking crime. And, and honestly, a bit of a, a high watermark of like, you know, political dysfunction and alienation in our right. country. But it, it was also like, Oh, now we can go gloves off on all the surveillance shit. Like you were talking about Surve- yeah. facial recognition, like, license plate readers all this stuff is like we can finally go gloves off and see how bad th- see how this shit works yeah but it's like but yeah i 100 percent agree but it's like the scale of this it's 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 crazy if you think about it because like obviously you know there's a bunch of people doing crazy shit at the capitol hill riots but like the way the response of this was like things like if you were in like there was over 900 search warrants that were issued that's crazy you know what i mean like that's mm. like and then there was like people were using um the company celebrate they their whole thing is that like um they're like one of the few companies that's able to crack iphone passwords and like they're not cheap and the government was using this to like crack into all these phones of people that were like just tangentially related to like the capitol hill rioters and it's like this is you know once the cat is like is out of the bag we saw this with 9-11 we saw this with like other like black lives matter protests the shit doesn't just go back you know and like this was an opportunity where you had a common like bad guy that like no one's going to shed a tear for it. But in some, ca- in some instances that's like where it's most important to approach things skeptically because it's like when you have well, no one that's going to like sort of shed yeah. a tear for it, then like who the powers that be have all the green light to just go and like, you know, go buck wild. Well, I guess here's like the, the, I guess the thing for me, which is like an interesting question is like how much of this is like, because like okay, you want to talk about like norms being transgressed. It's inter- like I think about the Patriot Act, which was like a law that was passed, you know, in the wake of nine eleven that uh, enabled the security s- state to do a lot more stuff that was honestly completely fucking cancerous to our you know civil liberties and everything else. Um, how much of this though is just like it just seems like the police exercising powers they already have. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's true. It's like, I don't see, like, I don't see any new, like, I'm not saying that this isn't the case or this won't be the case, but that like, okay, so far it doesn't seem like any new laws were passed that allowed them to yeah. do this. It just seems like they're like, okay, now we're doing everything that we've already uh, been it's doing. It's true. Anyway. I mean, like, it's partly true. I mean, part of it though, is that like, there's more tech, like clear VAI who we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. They were, they were used in a lot of cases here, um, which one just wasn't possible before, right? When you wrote the Patriot Act for, even though people knew what they were doing, they didn't know that you'd be able to outsource like your surveillance to a fucking, a private company, a private startup, Silicon Valley company that had no in like response, like no, 
no didn't answer to any public authority and then also another part of it is that like we can it's a different debate but like there's a there's a willingness to call like this domestic terrorism which is like there's reasons for it against that hesitant to to do that but the problem is when you do that right like when you label something terrorism then a lot of those rules get massaged away that like you can (laughs) sort of do whatever the fuck you want like there's like look after 9-11 like you saw this happen with a lot of muslim communities and Sikh communities and anyone that was fucking kind of brown but being labeled a terrorist even if you were an american citizen changed the game and i worry now when we have this sort of expansion of the term domestic terrorism like what that means you know i think it's fucked i mean i i would make i would raise the one thing where like Muslims and Sikhs in the United States had like precisely zero to do with 9-11 um you know whereas if you are I supposedly a Nazi or like a a, a white supremacist like you're presumably a little bit perhaps more um complicit in like yeah I mean there are there are at home like there are like you know like there are at home ISIS like supporters you know what i mean like that is yes yeah well yes and no i mean like thing whatever yes i mean much of that is like absolutely been shown to be just like created out of whole cloth by the fbi well i mean like the pulse nightclub shooter like a bunch of the yeah but these are just people who are i mean yeah i'm not saying that there aren't like extremists among us you know what i mean but it's certainly less of a coherent movement than is like you know these like really far right um you know, domestic, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't want to fucking call them terrorists because that's just, just uh, like you're saying, it just makes them, it just empowers like our fucking, the police to do more policing, yeah. which is, and guess what, you know, how many of these Nazis and right wing fuckers are literally cops? A lot of them. So, yeah. you know, it's sort of an Ouroboros of fucked up shit when it comes to this stuff. But I, I do think there's less, honestly, less of a link when it came to 9-11, how many how many like Muslim and Sikh certainly fucking Sikhs. Yeah. Like how many Muslim people in the United States had anything to do with like, uh, you know, Islamic extremism abroad. Very little. And I think there's, but there is a lot more like homegrown sort of white supremacy and racism because that's the history of this country. Regardless. I mean, like it's not really relevant to go tit for tat, but I I think it's an important distinction to make. What you're saying is true. I guess like the point I'm making and like call me, Glenn Greenwald or call me the ACLU or whatever but it's like the point is is that like that's true there are different scales but at the same time it's like if you're an American citizen no matter what you're doing it's like you should be afforded certain liberties and certain like protections under the law even if you're doing shit that's like abhorrent and I just worry that this is like um, whenever you see these type of things where it's like a agreed upon bad guy that's just like that hurts everybody in the long run, you know? Yeah. Who's yeah, just like yeah. somewhat I mean, discursive or somewhat like radical or, you know what yes. I mean? I mean, listen, like, I, I think the question that you have to ask is like, what challenges power? And like, honestly, like, listen, like, I don't think, I mean, I don't think anyone's really talking about like sending Nazis to Gitmo right now. I mean, I don't think that's like a, 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 a vanguard issue that needs to be defended. Um, I do think like where, where I worry about all this stuff and like where I worry about Biden saying like, oh, we had, a, you know, you know, 
extremists storm the Capitol, and that's why we need more more domestic terrorism. But I'm like, okay, that's just like only gonna be expanding. Like you know, it's like a fucking neck of a t-shirt. Like it's the 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 stretchier it gets, like it's never going back. It's right. only going to be looser, and that means the next time that there is like a genuine threat to power that maybe out of you know, a real good reason is just going to have more, the state's going to have more latitude to fucking crush it yeah. by, by what they've established for themselves on, you know, using the, uh, the, the sort of, uh, imprimatur of this fucking episode. Yeah. So, and I think that we have plenty of police powers already in this country. We don't right. need any more. Like if you can't fucking get it done with what we already have, Jesus Christ, we live in like well, fucking, yeah. it's like, <laughs> that's i mean that's the whole that's the, that was like the fundamental question it's like fucking with you like know. the encryption debate that's still going on but it's basically it's like why yeah you're right you said it, and that like it's my point of view it's like you have the tools that you need right just because like you can make it more difficult for the police doesn't mean that that's wrong you know the let poli- them earn like, their fucking pensions exactly. for christ's sake exactly like the only pensioned employees in this country anymore Anyway, shall we carry on? Yeah, let's let's let's. We go. have some um, sad news. Let's play cool the bag. One. Let's play the bagpipes. Um, sad bagpipes. To, uh, All right. Yes. Get my, get I my had cloth. to take my hat off. Yeah. Dab my eyes because guess what? We're recording this on the eve of the divorce of America's sort of like America's first couple, like our royals, Bill and Melinda Gates. No. They've split, dude. They've split. No. You know, God knows the sex was good, but it just wasn't <laughs> enough. It wasn't enough anymore. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah. So it was funny. He posted on Twitter, $124 billion fortune is now in play i mean sort of i guess melinda saw the Mackenzie bezos play and was yeah. like damn i could get quite a bit of scratch uh, uh you know on my plate yeah so i just in fucking divorce this in less than <laughs> in less than two years three years whatever Mackenzie scott was divorced we're gonna have the two wealthiest women in the world yeah funny how that works <laughs> they're like spawning <laughs> off they like split off like little nematodes yeah. from a i would say i mean i so i was like my initial when the Mackenzie scott thing happened i was like fuck that like it's it, and call me whatever you want to call me but i was like that's fucked up that you can just become one of the richest people in the world by getting a divorce however not I to mean, give her credit but it's like i think she's done a better real. job than most could have because she's given away like so much of that money without a like yeah essay. fine which is like, like it's all that's all fakery you know. though i mean like not to poo poo it entirely but like i think it's pretty well documented at this point the ways in which philanthropy is just like a racket f- for rich people to launder their reputations and just increase their influence while we're remaining yeah. impossibly it seem, rich it seems like though i mean why i give her some credit is because like she doesn't really publicize much of it. You know, like she doesn't have like an agency. Like she hasn't like, really she doesn't need public opinion though. She needs like clout with elites and power brokers, you know? And that's Maybe. like, I don't know if she's going to do anything. though. It seems like no, she doesn't really have ambitions. Like she's like, she doesn't seem like who she knows. To, I mean, she's you know, certainly canny and to the degree that she's not a public figure, which is like everyone who isn't a public canny? figure and is rich. Like they're the smart ones. Like, 
the richest people like you hear about some billionaire who's like some fucking chic some like emirati guy or some russian guy and you've never heard their name before but they're like a multi-billionaire rest assured that they're fucking smarter than Elon yeah. Musk. <laughs> I mean I'm going to I'm going to you know stick my neck out there and say what you will but I'm going to like go on the fence and say like I'm skeptical about like how canny Mackenzie Scott is. Like I I still like that's, she just got a divorce. Dude. Well, like, she got a divorce <laughs> and guess what she did in the process? She made the most money that everyone's ever made in a single well, day. So. Right, but like how is like what's can like she just stuck how it could out. That, how is that anything but canny, dude? I mean, yeah. do you think it's easy to secure a divorce from Jeff Bezos? You don't think he has a fucking horde of lawyers on uh, on retainer it seemed like he didn't fight it that hard is okay but what do you think was. went on behind the scenes dude you didn't see game of thrones well, i'm sure there's the a lot of uh, and all that. Yeah. i'm sure there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of canny play you know in the back rooms yeah, i agree all i'm saying is i thought i thought there was a little it was it was a little ridiculous how much like effort there was to like say that she was the reason why like amazon was like what it was and so you know what i mean oh it was, like, i don't know i can't speak to that in the slightest just, like, i have no idea i don't think she's responsible for, i don't know what she's I, i've never heard of her before you know they got divorced um, in any case yeah i'm not trying to uh, assign any like intellectual uh or like business acumen to her vis-a-vis amazon but i mean dude i mean you have to respect like real respect real you just divorced a motherfucker and made 60 billion dollars sure. like come on yeah no i mean it's like that's some that's, that's some a money. Mon- that's a money move and so, now uh so someone was taking notes Someone was taking notes, i.e. Melinda. So yeah, um, I I I wanted to note really funnily, like, so he did a tweet. He also built very Bill, f- Bill did a tweet, yeah. like, "Yo guys, I wrote a thing. Uh, my I'm getting divorced." He also funnily made it. It was a type of tweet where you can't reply to it, which okay. was funny because he was clearly anticipating just getting yeah. getting roasted. Um, but uh. Yeah, so there's like some money involved now. That's funny. Um, what was the tweet? Well, there was like, here's just like some blah, blah, blah. You know, we've tried so hard and like we've had our differences and we've. But the funny thing that he did say was that he asked for space and privacy as they uh, figure out this new role in their lives, which is just so funny. Like Bill Gates, the fucking Microsoft czar, the guy who's mm-hmm. just like responsible for this, just, like partially responsible for this, like. Uh, tech panopticon that we live in. It's just like guys, like we yeah. just need some privacy now. Well, yeah, I think it's fair to say if you assume, um, you know, even a partial amount of that role, you gotta sign away that privacy sort of expectation. It's very <laughs> ironic. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the guy who's telling us that like privacy is an expectation of of a bygone era, and that we all just have to live in sort of. Like a sort of uh, you know techno nudist colony of bearing our our faults. Now you're getting divorced and you wanna you want some privacy to like yeah crush a sixer and 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 eat a pizza and watch Braveheart. Fuck you, dude. I'm just gonna, imagining I'm Bill Gates you. with his shirt off just crushing a sixer and he doesn't even know how. Pizza. Like yeah, he doesn't even know. That's the thing. Like he doesn't even know how to be a divorced guy. There was like some great story. I feel like this is a while ago. I, I might misremember the exact details, but someone was like asked Bill Gates, like, like what do you think like a uh, the cost of like a paper towel is? And he was like oh, twenty dollars. Gallon of milk. <laughs> yeah. Was that a Bill Gates thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's a famous thing of like how to get rich out of touch dickheads. Like, how much does a gallon of milk cost? Yeah, and you're like, I don't know, fifty bucks. <laughs> that wouldn't strike that wouldn't strike me as odd though. Anyway, I, I wanted to, well, okay, so they're getting divorced, you know, I'm sure he'll be crushing tons of, uh, you know, 
tons of brews, maybe hanging out with his boy, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, no, wait, he's dead. Um, it is true that uh, Bill Gates was on the Epstein flight logs like a ton of times and lied about it, and then it later came out that, like, oh, yeah, he flew with him a bunch of times. So just just so you know. Um, in any case, I, you know, I don't want to go into this too, too much, but it, it is funny because, you know, you know, we've been talking a lot about, obviously, this whole podcast is taking place in the context of COVID, we're here in New York. We're here in the United States. A lot of like you know, vaccine stuff has been going fairly well here uh, in New York. Shit's getting kind of groovy, kind of loose and far out. You know, you can actually sit at a bar again as of like yesterday. I watched an orgy in the park <laughs> just yesterday. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Tickets were cheap. No too. masks. No masks. <laughs> yeah. So things are getting loose and groovy. Everything's cool. But bear in mind, you know. Uh, Latin America, the subcontinent of India, things are as bad as they've ever been. There's like a very clear sort of divide taking place that um, sort of delineates the, the, the global north and south quite, quite cleanly um, in terms of who has access to vaccine, who has the money to do effective public health. Um, and, you know, talking about Bill Gates, it turns out like He's one of the main people involved in uh, the reality that we live in now. That is um, the absolute, like, ruthless upholding of intellectual property rights at the, like, to the detriment of global public health. Um, the reason that countries in the global south who cannot, who are poor, cannot produce vaccine to or secure enough from, you know, the West to uh to vaccinate their populations like bill gates is not like only like a sort of passive guy who's like you know being a rich guy is sort of like you know aligned with the 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 money makers on this he's like one of the main motherfuckers um who's who's been responsible for this status quo so i i uh i would if i may mac just sort of run through there's a really good article in the new republic um, that uh, came out, I guess it was a couple, it was like last month now. Um, it's by Alexander Zeitchik. Um, it's like a pretty long, deep dive into like his whole sort of um, Bill Gates's whole history. But uh, essentially the way it worked um, and as far as COVID goes is that there were like, uh, there was a World Health Organization um project which was called um ctap the covid technology access pool that was like championed by a lot of poorer countries that were like had input in the world health organization as covid became clear it was going to be a problem mm -hmm. and the the sort of idea was like let's pool all of our you know all the efforts we make to coming up with the vaccine let's make this public knowledge let's make this publicly accessible Let's not let like, you know, uh, like I said, international or er, uh, intellectual property and patent law impede the sort of public health imperative of vaccinating the entire world. OK, for a long time, that seemed like everyone was on board um, and it was like sort of the, the status quo. But before long, Bill Gates uh, introduced his own thing, which was called uh the ACT, the accelerator, which was like the accelerator for COVID um, transportation of, of vaccine, something along those lines. And I'll read a quote now from TNR. 
Crucially, and in contrast to CTAP, the accelerator, Gates's effort, enshrined Gates's longstanding commitment to respecting exclusive intellectual property claims, end quote. Um, so Gates is like, you know, he was the Microsoft guy. He made a lot of money um, by enforcing intellectual property in the 90s mm-hmm. over a specific, uh, you know, domain, which was computer code. And that's right. how he made all of his money uh, with Microsoft became a billionaire and then sort of transitioned into public health and philanthropy through the Bill Gates Foundation. And like, you know, if you think of Bill Gates now, what do you think? Like this nice nerdy man who helped try to eradicate malaria in Africa and all of this stuff. I think of someone crushing Sixers and eating pizza yeah, absolutely. thinking about Portland. Well, you're ahead of the you're ahead of the <laughs> curve, Mac. Uh you're yeah, you've you've clearly been uh you're more plugged in than most. Um so you know there's essentially this situation wherein Gates is like very invested in preventing public pooling of uh, knowledge on a COVID vaccine because it would come to the detriment of the profits of these private companies. And there's a lot of, and it's honestly quite fucking gross. And like, it's amazing to the degree to which he's been able to launder his, uh, his reputation as like this public health star, this guy who's like, reduced AIDS in Africa. This guy's reduced, uh, you know, uh, malaria around the world. I want to read just a few more quotes and we can move on before I'll I'll get off my fucking soapbox about this, but you know, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Um, so, uh, if you allow me, here's a quote again from this TNR article. Uh, the access to COVID-19 tools accelerator or ACT accelerator was Gates bid to organize the development and distribution of everything from therapeutics to testing. The biggest and most consequential arm, COVAX, proposed to subsidize vaccine deals with poor countries through donations by sales and uh, donations by and sales to, I'm sorry, richer ones. The goal was always limited. It aimed to provide vaccines for up to 20% of the population in low to middle income countries. So that was like, end quote, that was like the extent of the goal. Um, And then you have now a quote from a, one of the members of the World Health Organization whose priority was um, to sort of ensure like vaccine access um, as best as possible. Um, and he says the following, things could have gone either way, but Gates wanted exclusive rights maintained. He acted fast to stop the push for sharing the knowledge needed to make the products, the know-how, the data, the cell lines, the tech transfer, the transparency that is critically important in a dozen ways. The pooling approach represented by the CTAP included all of that. Instead of backing those early discussions, he raced ahead and signaled support for business as usual on intellectual property by announcing the ACT accelerator in March. End quote. Okay, so I realize I'm just spitting quotes at you guys from this uh, New Republic article, but I just think it's sort of, you know, in light of this uh, personal tragedy, i.e. the divorce from his sweet honey, sweet (laughs) honey baby, Melinda, uh, I, it's interesting because Gates, like, it does seem like a little smattering of karma because he is like the type of guy, he's one of the main, if you could say any one person is responsible for this fucked up, like apartheid situation where like the West is sort of vaccinated and the rest of the world is languishing. Like he's, <laughs> he bears a lot of responsibility. Right. So, I, I so yeah, in the context of like generally about like how, you know, like there's like, intellectual property rights about vaccines for example like it's interesting 
so for right now, you know, you alluded to it earlier, but the U.S., like New York, we're about to go fully open. Like Texas is 100% open for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have like lots of vaccine, right? I think we have um, we at the at the time right. we had we had enough doses for 600 million people. Um, but at the same time, right, as we're gearing up, like I just wrote about this last week, but about like the horror show that's going on in India, right? Um, and other parts of the world, but India is really going through it. They're the epicenter, but, and then this happened this week where Biden announced that with our surplus, we would start giving some of those vaccines to India. Um, and you know, some people have labeled this weirdly as conspiracy theory, but I don't think it abs- is at any point. There's like, there is a certain political element of stocking up on all these vaccines. And then what happens when you give those vaccines to like other countries that need it? Like that's, that's political, like capital, yeah, you know diplomacy. what I mean? Like that's yeah. Vaccine diplomacy, you know, vaccine it's like a term for it. Say, and we're that's seeing the it happen. fucked up thing where it's like colonial. And I think like, Sorry, like I think that's it's 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 really troubling because it shows how you know we'll donate some, like okay, we'll give them to you on our terms, and I think that's precisely instructive of the way that the, the ho- sort of Gates model operates, which is yeah. that like what does he do? He ensures that the conditions that require that create you know the conditions that create the the situations that require intervention from the West and that require fucking. Um, you know, charity continue to exist so that he can intervene and like mildly alleviate the symptoms um, in the form of explicit charity um, rather than like actually solving the problems. Um, Because what is he benefiting from? I mean, like certainly Bill Gates, certainly the United States writ large and, you know, our, our economic system benefits from the system that keeps a lot of these like lower you know underdeveloped countries in relative bondage uh to to the united states where it's much easier for us to just like yeah we can pawn off some vaccine that we don't have a use for on them um and it gives us a lot of political capital but it doesn't do anything to resolving the actual like structural inequities in the same way that like allowing a country like india to produce vaccine for itself i mean we're going to give them what six million i think doses something like that yeah it's a billion people in the country it's like yeah it's fucking well, it's paltry I mean, I mean it doesn't yeah. do anything it's to actually resolve the issue it's true i mean like it, i would just say it's not just the u.s and this like for example like so she doesn't listen to us so i can <laughs> call her out but like my aunt for example who lives in el salvador Right, like they don't I'll have emailing this episode. They don't have access to any of like the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines because they they weren't able to get get on the bidding process. But they do have the Sputnik vaccine, and they do have limited editions of like the Chinese vaccine. And Cuba also that's is developing part vaccine. of vaccine diplomacy, though, right? Because that earns goodwill with like people there yes, but this is what is so perverse is just like dangling vaccine in front precisely. of people this and that's what i'm saying is that like it's like a this is it's become a tool for like if you regardless of who you are right like if you have access to the thing that people need then like you can use that as a way to like gain favor gain favor right and it's and it's it's de- definitely done wrong on purpose no it's for sure it's, <laughs> it's fucked up but it's like but it, it is like there's this weird element of like that i think we the public 
obviously you probably just didn't have like the time or like mental or like emotional capacity to think about the time but it's like all of this race to develop vaccines and the stockpiling of it had long-term consequences right in terms of like who gets to be the decider of who gives out the vaccine like who's like the the knight in shining armor that's helping you and like that has political implications yeah it absolutely does and i think just but i think like this is the contrast which is that like the United States being in a position to withhold vaccines while people are dying in droves and like give them out under certain circumstances was a, a, an eventuality that certain people predicted and said, Hey, we could circumvent this and just like make sure everyone gets them as soon as possible. Um, and that was just like absolutely forestalled and sandbagged by yeah. the likes of Bill Gates and, and other folks, as far as the United States goes, who is like the number one, sort of reservoir of vaccines and certainly of of drug research who are developing them right um and you know it's just fucking it's just like another example of you know protecting the profits of like these fucking drug companies um over you know what is just like a clear like if anything could bring people together as a public health right. emergency this is like globe spanning rapacious fucking virus and yet like no yeah. fuck it i yeah i, um, I I agree, and not and like we can uh, move of on. Of course, there are political the, considerations. The only, but the only point I was trying to get is like it's not just the U.S. And I wasn't saying that you were saying that, but it's like for example, like you know these other countries that have developed their own vaccines, they're doing similar. Type no, of but things, that, but no, but that no, but yeah, but no, but that's a that's a interesting thing, which is that like Russia has been, I think, way more open handed with their vaccine. I don't think well, they've done anything. They're making a lot of money off of it. Like I don't not, think they are. They, no, they. I don't sell think in private. Yeah, they in selling Central it. American Salvador, they're well, selling certainly it they're selling it, but they sell it as I understand. And like I am, you know, this might be worth a fact check, but I understand that they're selling it more or less at cost, as opposed to selling it at prices that these countries absolutely cannot afford. I don't. Um, I, yeah, I don't think I don't. Like from what I understand, it's not that's not necessarily the differential. It's just that I the think US, it is. I think it's the, the US, U.S. and the EU had like first dibs on like the orders because like they were the manufacturers. No, but they were have their made, own were being made scenes in house. Like that was part of the order with like yes, Moderna, for example, was that because it was a yeah, US but they're company. they're like making yeah. also like Pfizer has made the most money it's ever made in a single financial quarter. Like they're right. making money hand over fist, so they're absolutely profiteering. I'm I mean, not, yeah, just like no two ways I about think it. everyone's profiteering. I don't think that's necessarily vaccine, true. I mean, for instance, at least for one counterfactual, I know that um, Cuba, which is you know, right, has like a weirdly. Um, plucky public health infrastructure has has vaccines like several vaccines in in trials right now that are like close to probably being ready that they you know have have committed to uh, distributing either for free or selling at cost right um, as i've understood though they're not like that's a much different case than like russia or china which is specifically exporting this globally right like Russia specifically has like dominated the global south market of like vaccines. That's I like as I understand that's much well, different. Well, what than what would Cuba. you expect? I mean because like they're literally not available to anyone but um uh they're not available to anyone. Like American vaccines no, simply cannot be accessed. Exactly, but the point is that like this is happening on multiple fronts, right? It's like the you're still if you're Russia or you're China and you're exporting these vaccines to third world countries, 
you're getting like a political there's a political calculus there you know the same way that like of course i'm not saying that they're like acting out of like some like naive uh you know uh goodwill for kumbaya situation but it is just merely the case that like the united states is in a position where it's has we have tons of vaccine that we're just withholding and we're preventing other countries from being able to produce it where we like it could be made on a large scale we could vaccinate the globe and yet we're just merely not doing it precisely because drug company profits are, uh, you know, are, are, are a paramount consideration. Yeah. I mean, um, I would predict we'll see what happens, but I would predict this thing that's happening with Andy right now. Like once quote things go more back to normal in the U S I wouldn't be surprised if like we are quote, like charitably giving away more vaccines of because course we of will, that political yeah. And we already are. Yeah. Know? I mean, like, I think we already are giving them to them on some level to India Right. I think Biden's already announced that, but right. it's just like that's it's 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 very it's it's way more cynical, you know, than than what what <laughs> we could do, which is just like allow India, which by the way, like is a country that makes pharmaceuticals, like that's one of their main industries. Right. Like most of the drugs you get are manufactured in India in a large to a large degree. And we're just like preventing them from having the legal right to do so because we're protecting the profits of of American companies, which is just fucking gross to me in in the context of this, you know, global scourge. But I, I take your point as well. I mean, yeah, certainly it's like we're n- the United States isn't uniquely, I guess, like, you know, acting in a realpolitik way. It's just like we happen to hold all the cards right now. Right. And we could not. We could do it a little differently. We could be a little more open handed. But, you know, lo and behold, we're not. Um, with that said, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back for our last? I was segment? thinking the very same thing. Yeah, let's take a break. Mac needs to pee. So Mac needs to pee. All we'll right. be right back. We'll be back um, soon. And enjoy this yeah. track from our friend Dalton Carr. Cool. Yeah, indeed. All right, see you in a bit. everybody yeah thank you welcome back Max, Max has been peeing for the last 45 minutes but he's finally good finally got Mac got looks out. like a scary he, Mac you look like the uh, the old grandma from Spongebob from the chocolate episode sort of a dehydrated husk chocolate yeah I was going Max for I was like. going for the Kate Moss look but I'll take I'll take no, that you too. look cute too yeah you, you yeah um you, you know all that peeing Kind of made me lightheaded. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I feel like I have a, a headache. You have a um, headache, yeah. <laughs> and like I, I can't really put my finger on it, but like something feels a little bit off, and like I might need to take a big shit. 
and um might it was it the russians oh fuck how'd you consider that oh fuck i hadn't considered that but apparently the u.s government is considering that with over a hundred nice, cases nice, going nice. on right now see fellas we know how to transition into content yeah, we're so good. um we're so, good at our job. so what the fuck are we talking about so um i'll tee off the news real quick and then we can go into it but um so this article in cnn came out recently talking about um, how the Pentagon and other U.S. agencies are looking into um, mysterious reports of kind of what I was talking about, like strange neurological symptoms impacting um, American officials on U.S. soil. One of them was on the White House lawn, and the symptoms were in line with something called the, quote, Havana syndrome, which um, we're about to go into, but basically the short of it, and then we'll, we'll talk about it is, um, there's a theory right now that, um, a bunch of like U S diplomats overseas have been experiencing weird sort of neurological problems. And there's a theory that, that this is attributed to, um, direct energy attacks by an unknown force. Crystals, um, yeah. There <laughs> it's actually a bunch of divor- <laughs> divorced moms with crystals uh, were, uh, yeah, targeting U.S. diplomats. But yeah, no. If you've if you've played Call of Duty or like you've read old sci-fi and stuff, if you've heard of like microwave attacks or like particle attacks, like that's the idea we're talking about. So yeah, Jonah, why don't you go into? Well, yeah. So this has been a thing for some time. I think it started in 2016. There were diplomats in the Cuban mission and the Cuba and uh, the American embassy in Cuba who, um, started coming down with a certain strange illness, which some of which was associated with like a strange sort of noise or like a mm-hmm. frequency that was like d- alarming and disturbing. Um, and there was a sort of vague, just sort of generalized uh, uh, malaise that came over them that included, you know, nausea, headaches, and the like. Very migrainey, like migraines. A lot of sure. thing. Yeah. Um, and it it became a thing. It was known as the Havana syndrome. Um, at, at least immediately after these initial um, sort of incidents. Um, primarily these started to crop up in I think 2016 was the first and then under Trump um, and it resulted in the like the wholesale removal of diplomatic personnel from Cuba and I think in, in to a large degree it precipitated Trump's like reversal of the Obama era detente with Cuba I mean interesting uh, if you if you aren't f- um, familiar I mean um, Cuba has been under like a crippling economic embargo from the United States for since the 1960s. I mean, since the the Cuban Missile Crisis. And one of the few, honestly, good, in my opinion, good things that Obama did was to sort of attempt to normalize relations with Cuba. Um, These attacks, in scare quotes, were were one of the few, were one of the reasons that uh, Trump marshaled to reverse um, this sort of uh, policy decision by Obama. Um, and it, 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 and they fit into a sort of what's been described as a, uh, a a sort of trend of American diplomats, spooks, and spies all around the world, who have started having these weird uh, non like just sort of general m- symptoms, like we were describing earlier, um, basically giving rise to the to to the dire question: Are the Russians giving our spies diarrhea? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the, qu- 
they are maybe our spies are brave men and women in undercover uniform are shitting their pants and having poo-poo diaper a- a- incidents yeah. all around the world. And it's, God damn it, it might be the Russians. But before um, we go <laughs> more into it, um, so a couple of things, right, is like, so in the interim, I think it was during, it was 2018, I believe. It'd be fact check on this. But this was after this idea of like, is there sort of like directed uh, energy waves uh, impacting Vibe the, attacks. The <laughs> yeah, the vibe attacks. Like, um, that was already in the ether for a while. And there, I think it was it was either the Beijing embassy or another embassy in China. This is in 2018. This is in Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Okay. The State Department evacuated over 100 diplomats, as I recall, um, after there was concerns that there was a directed energy attack happening there. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, and there's, like, we mentioned spooks and spies. Yeah, lots of spooks and spies, but... Some not, you know, some of these people are just, yeah, like just regular old diplomats, like, like but this is the thing. Okay. So like, I, I guess the question is like, how do we want to attack this a bit? Cause it's a bit of a big thing. I mean, I think the way this landed in the public consciousness, which was via a uh, story by Julia Eoff. I don't know how to pronounce her name necessarily, but, uh, she wrote a thing for GQ about like a, a former, uh, a, a current CIA officer who mm-hmm. went to Russia and then had diarrhea and was <laughs> convinced that the Russians gave him uh, brain poisoning. Um, and like, yeah, he had all this no, as he, the straight man along <laughs> with the diarrhea also. No, he was, had a bunch of fucked was, up symptoms. Was yes. sick enough apparently where he had to take like four. Yeah. He took off a bunch of months right. off. And I think um, he was even told by a doctor right. that he had like a neuralgic uh, condition consistent with like a concussion that um, as far as we know, like, you know, he hadn't had any head trauma. Um, and this all started when he was in Russia as a, as a CIA guy. Um, so I, I, and like, you know, there's a lot of data points here and I, I mean, my perspective is, is, is I guess one of absolute, uh, of not absolute, but certainly healthy skepticism because I think, you know, this is all coming in the wake of, and during in the midst, really in the midst of like Russia gate stuff, as that was a thing when Trump was president still, and there was a lot of agita concerning the fact that he was like a Manchurian candidate for Russia. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people were quite uh, invested in that narrative, including the author of this really long GQ story about like these, uh, these attacks, Julia Yaffe, who was like a major sort of uh, booster of the Russiagate thing that sort of fizzled um, with the release of the Mueller report that showed that there really was no... Russia certainly did was doing like some Facebook posts and some uh, interference as I mean, absolutely. I mean, we do that with probably every, you know, consequential government in the world. But there was certainly not like a a grand conspiracy to insert Donald Trump, Um, certainly not with his complicity. Um, So that was sort of at play. And I, I mentioned this not to like discount out of hand, but I do, th- I, I want to set the larger groundwork to suggest that there is like a major Russia sort of new red scare phenomenon. I, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think this is like fairly uncontroversial, Mac. Like yeah. there's like a lot of people are scared of Russia again, like as if like the fucking Soviets are back and yeah. all of a sudden Russia's really bad again and scary. And this sort of all comes in light of that. And I, 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 I approach it with a, with a healthy skepticism. What yeah. do you think? I, I think, well, I think that's worth going into for just a second. Um, 
because like the way you describe that of the Russiagate thing is apt. Um, my and I guess like to flush it out, my approach is that like yeah, the there's there is like the that happened during the Trump presidency. This overarching narrative of like sort of like the Manchurian candidate stuff was like clearly proven to be false, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time. Yeah a lot of other details about like sort of just the espionage aspect and like the, you know, sock puppets and all that, like that did just happen. Like it was true. And it was like things outside the state department that were saying that. And I'm not saying you're saying this, but like certain, like the, the Glenn Greenwalds and the Matt Tybees of the world, I feel like have thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said that that's Russiagate as well. And like there are, it, it's, there's some nuance, right? Where they're like, there sure. was like things that happened, but the the end result of like was, it was not necessarily wildly was incommensurate with the amount of play it got. I, sure, I would say, and I yeah, I agree. Like yeah, certainly there were like Facebook accounts and shit, and efforts, you know, to sort of wreak chaos. I mean, I think you take that all in in context with what we do, you know, and have done. Right. I mean, specifically as far as Russia goes, like. If you want to look into what we did with Boris Yeltsin um, in the wake of this collapse of the Soviet Union, like we really did fully steal an election on behalf of yeah. our like pro, mo- uh, you know, mo- you know, uh, neoliberalization candidate in the right. form of Boris Yeltsin, which is you know tit for tat. Who cares? But uh, I guess if you only want to think about like what what's actually happening, that's fair enough. Yeah, and, and it's also, but also at the same time, it's like you you could both agree that like. I think it's clear that like Russia, the state preferred that Donald Trump won. It was just a better outcome. But then at the same time, like Probably, not yeah. buy into like the other things. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this is like par for the course that countries do these type of things. Anyway, all the time. but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that's all. That's all. That's all totally fair to say. So, w- w- so what are we talking about here? I guess with all of these, with yeah. these radio illnesses. I mean, so, like how much? Uh, what do you? Are you prepared to to give a? a a debrief. So, dear listener, like here's <laughs> my what Matt Garen, well, who has uh, sources in the intelligence agency. No, my my read of this when we talked about both. this off mic um, is this, and like I'd be curious what you think about it. But there, well, are let's make sure everyone, yeah, like knows what. Yeah, we're talking about. Well, yeah, we're talking about that. There's hundreds of cases of like supposed symptoms from a directed energy attack, supposedly Whoa. in like multiple countries that the u.s operates in yeah right or just like weird i would say without over overstepping necessarily to say that like a lot of diplomats spies um and people in countries that the united states sort of has an uh, uh, an oppositional relationship with including china russia and cuba um have all come down with like weird generalized symptoms ranging from migraines to nausea to forgetfulness like weird psychological stuff that is sort of diffuse and some is more acute than others some people recover quickly some people reported hearing weird like sounds um that precipitated their symptoms um and this is sort of like the the what um you know has engendered uh, a, a a wikipedia page known as havana syndrome because all of this sort of JIT was first noticed by American diplomats and uh, spies who were pretending to be diplomats um, in Havana, Cuba. Right. 
Um, and the news peg here, though, is that like now we're having reports that right. people are having this in the U.S. on U.S. Yes, soil. Yes, thank right? you, Mac. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah, right. Because this was happening, we we suspected a, a similar type of, you know, rash of thing cases of folks. It was like near the White House, right? Yeah, supposedly on like the White House lawn on the east side. I think was the yeah. idea, and somewhere else as well that I'm I'm blanking on right now, but. That's the that's the real like the Havana syndrome thing has been a theory in a you know point of debate for a while, but like you said, it was it was always limited to like operators mm-hmm. in sort of like foreign you know adversary countries. But now we have accounts of it being in the U.S. Um, and yeah, to go to what you were saying before, it's like there is um, to be very clear. This is, there's no like proof right there this is not like really very little in the it's not like it's not like the you know like raise farts taste like tacos like that's provable and like we (laughs) could do a double blind study and true that this is something that's like like you said very diffuse like very different types of like symptoms that people are having but the intelligence agencies which um have released reports on this and then certain journalists have drawn the conclusions that like this has the hallmarks of like directed energy attacks, which we talked about DARPA, like these people call them microwave attacks, like weapons. These are things that have been in development on both by the Soviets and the U S for like since the seventies. But yeah. So as far as I understand it, like there's been like, you know, we've been experimenting the United States and I guess the Soviet union as well during the cold war was experimenting with like using microwaves to, yeah, and make people ill and do like sort of undetectable uh, attacks on individuals. Um, since the 70s, I don't think anything conclusive uh, has come from that that we know of as like provable, testable, field ready uh, weapons. Yeah, well, um, I would say there was, there's like, yeah, nothing conclusive that we know. Like, there's a lot of like kind of with the DARPA thing, right? There's a lot of these sort of yeah, technologies of yeah, that we are don't, shady. There's, who knows what we don't know? There were of some reports. Um, this was like an, I read it somewhere about like an internal U.S. report about like experimenting with this as like a sort of crowd deterrent in like protests well, or something. That, yeah. Um, as like, like essentially you could just so like use um this sort of like microwave or particle attack to like just make people uncomfortable to leave a situation. But I want to make a point before we like go get too over our skis here sure. which is that like a lot of cer- certain scientists who absolutely like <laughs> consider the notion of microwave attacks to be like f- uh ridiculous on their face um some people are like not really there's like been a uh, evidence to suggest or rather the evidence that does suggest the existence of like uh, microwave attacks on American diplomats diplomats has been uh you know called into substantial question sure. by by a lot of folks who say that like there's just really no positive evidence that such attacks have ever taken place and there's a lot of um you know potential that these uh, these incidents were to to summarize from from what we've read so far is like you have diplomats CIA agents regular folks who in cases in Cuba, China and Russia have complained of like headaches, um, you know, gastrointestinal symptoms, uh, generalized fatigue, all of these just like what, what are effectively like a large range of symptoms that 
you know, are, and some of these individuals have absolutely been diagnosed apparently Mm -hmm. with like actual brain, like concussive symptoms. Um, but the point that's been, uh, that's been made, um, by others, including there's a, there's a gentleman named, uh, Robert Bartholomew, who is a medical sociologist, um, and uh, at the University of New Zealand has, has, has made this point. I mean, and this is just one guy who knows what his credentials are compared to anyone else, but has credibly put forth the, the opinion that like all of these like vague um, symptoms, wh- which may be real and are, are, are probably, you know, quite literally felt and are not being made up by the folks who report them, you know, could be representative of any number of, of things that could befall someone, especially when you're taking such a wide sample of like any diplomat anywhere across the world. Um, and you want to insist upon like the, uh, the sort of notion or like the pre framed context of some dastardly attack by our enemies. And, you know, this is where I sort of came in with like talking about Julia Yaffe, who was like one of the persons who first sort of like broke this story, which is that like there's been an absolute and I'm curious, like if you would I, I, I would think you would agree with me, Mac, like at least on this point that like there's been a concerted effort, it would seem in the past couple years to just sort of like cast Russia in particular as like a maleficent, like a malevolent sort of a actor that is like a sort of up to dirty tricks which is not to say that they're not but certainly no more than we are would be my opinion yeah i mean i agree that certainly there that is there is a lot of saber rattling going on for sure i would say though that she's one writer there's many people reporting on this right. and not everyone takes that next step to attribute um who's the cause of it. There's many, like I think a New York article did this and there's other articles that have listed their essential take is that this is something that's happening, but don't go the extra step of attributing blame or cause. And I think that's more where I sort of lie on this. Like there are like, there's every rash, like reason for like the intelligence agencies to like use sort of this, like this apparent, this apparent like like combined thing that's happening with people where they're feeling sick and attribute it to like a common enemy um but that's not necessarily the attack that all the reporters have made with this right if that makes sense this is true Um, but yeah i mean it is like there's certainly there certainly is like the new and especially under trump i it's it's a little bit less now i feel like but like Definitely during Trump, there was like every reason to like sort of stoke the fu- the fire of. Like, and to that point, let me. I want to read a quote from the Julia Yaffe piece, which was in GQ back in I think October 2020, and much of it is talking to this CIA agent who talked to her on the record about like you know the illness he 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 was feeling after being in Russia and that he ascribed to a a potential like directed energy attack. Um. And this is guys and admitted like, yeah, I was a CIA agent working in Europe and my job was to like countermand Russian mm-hmm. intelligence. Um, and like, this is just a snippet, but he said, uh, as far as the agency, this is a quote from, uh, from the piece by Julia Yaffe and GQ. 
quote, as far as the agency in Polymeropolis saw it, the area in between Europe, Ukraine, Turkey, and the Caucasus was now a battleground between the United States and Russia. Polymeropolis issued what he refers to as a, quote, call to arms, quote, every station was directed to refocus its efforts on Russia, he explained. It goes back to the old days where in every station around the world, there was a Soviet branch. We wanted to reconstitute that because Russia can't be ignored anymore, end quote. Well, so folks, this is like full, full yeah. end quote. So, uh, you know, you could read that a number of ways, but right. I do think it, 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 and you know, you could say, oh, there is like renewed Cold War shit. So Russia's yeah. up to their old dirty tricks. I also think, though, it shows the degree to which there's like a, an American media push to reconstitute that relationship that may not necessarily reflect you know, uh, Russian ambitions. And even if it does, I mean, it certainly shows that like we're, we're, we're poking our fucking fingers back into the pie. Yeah. Uh, well in the GQ piece, you have folks like what people refer to as an unreliable source, which is yeah. that, like you have some, this is like, we talked this off mic, but like we're using this as our basis, but this story is like very much a profile piece of this guy. Yeah. And this guy is like, regardless of his actual, condition which it seems like he's you know he's had medical experts yeah like he's claimed confirm a lot of um, that shit, something's like wrong his brain is but his <laughs> priors are like he has reasons to create a narrative he's a spook right and like yeah. he's like has every reason to, to attribute it to russia and i think we both agreed that in this particular story like the author is like very willing to like follow that line um yeah but there does skepticism. seem but there mac there does seem like and you know i've been sort of i do downplay this because i think it it, it is a very conveniently murky thing that we can just like amorphously attribute to you know bad faith spookery on behalf of our you know myriad enemies be they china cuba russia what have you but all things considered and, you know, dear listener, you can look into this to the degree that we haven't elucidated it for you sufficiently. There is, like, some fucking thing probably going on, it right. does seem like. Because there's a lot of people who are, like, having these generalized symptoms. And something I don't think we talked about very much is, like, some of these people who have been complaining of these symptoms who were, like, diplomatic personnel, mm -hmm. um, you know, went and sought, like, independent treatment and had were diagnosed with like effectively concussions or right. like their brain matter was scrambled. Like their gray and white matter looked like they got like, you know, hit in the head yeah. and yet no such trauma was forthcoming. So there's like some, something going on. And like, you know, I think the, 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 the very neat narrative that's being stitched up, which is just that like, Oh, dastardly Russians and Cubans are microwaving our, our brave spies brains and giving them diarrhea. I don't necessarily believe in that. By the way, I'm I'm mentioning diarrhea because the polymeropolis motherfucker did talk about shitting his pants. Um, so diarrhea is at the center of this controversy. But there's <laughs> so I want to make that clear. But yeah, like I don't want to like this isn't all it's a it's a fucking weird monkey thing because yeah. like I do think the narrative as it's been proposed is bullshit, but it's like there is some nonsense happening. Right. Like there's some weird headache 
shit going on. Well, this is the thing. And I'm just, like, it is funny. It's pa- odd. Like, we, we, ca- we talked about this a little bit in the DARPA episode, but, like, right, when we talk about the Cold useful War for DARPA. now, right, like, we have the benefit of hindsight where, like, a lot of things have become declassified. Right. And, like, a lot of things we know now. Stuff, yeah. But, like, there was a ton of weird shit going on on both sides oh, yeah. of the geopolitical of spectrum stuff. of, like, people doing weird shit to each other, like, especially with spooks. And so, like, it's totally not out of the realm of possibilities that, like, something is going on. Yeah, but, for sure. And this was the point I was going to make earlier, was just that, like, that's kind of where I lie that, like, yeah, it seems like something's going on. There's too many people from too many different backgrounds experiencing too many similar things. But this sort of conclusion that a lot of people are drawing and attributing this to, where it's making a very clear narrative, we don't. I would argue we don't have the evidence to make that call yet, but there is like don't. every we have very little evidence that people, anything. some people more than others, are willing to make that connection. And like, who, if you're like, you know, if you're a reporter or if you're just a normal ass person thinking about things critically, it's like you think about who does something benefit and like who does this narrative benefit, and it's clearly like the American intelligence agency. Yeah, who is like, They're like we need more latitude to go after our spooky counterparts. Right, you know. And so that's why I agree with the skepticism there in that part of it is that like, you know, if the, the, it's, it's a nuanced point, but it's like something that relates to a lot of different things, but I don't think it's like, it's wrong to report on this, right? Like there's people who have done this in a very like good way, but I think the right way to report on the story is like, you just have to leave the ambiguity there and kind of just like put your hands up and be like, we need to figure out more because I don't think we can make that causal connection yet. yeah i think you're absolutely right and i guess like where i'm coming from on this is just like anytime you have like out and out cia agents saying like this is what i think happened right. and you know even the first thing about america american history and the history of espionage and you know the cia in this country i think they have an extremely high burden of proof to clear before i'm gonna right. take anything that they say at face value because their literal job is lying to people. Exactly. Like yeah. they are fucking disinformation agents. Like that's what the CIA does. So you have a CIA agent on the record with a fucking New Yorker writer saying, Hey, this is what, this is what happened. I'm telling you just like, Oh, I, I went to Russia and I, I, I got, I, I got the cold. I got a cold and now I feel bad. Like <laughs> I believe this guy was maybe fucked up. But you know, it's like, come on, you man, you gotta, you gotta try a little harder to get me to just like swallow the hook, line, and sinker. And that's not to say that, like, yeah, you know, it's not to say that everything he's saying is wrong. But yeah, um, I just think, uh, yeah, you know, as as the as a good subject, you know, I want to be fed the tasty. You know, if you're gonna feed me a pill, you better put it in the jiffy peanut butter. You better, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna eat it out of the regular old dog food. Yeah. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, here's what I want to see. I want to see a New Yorker writer or a Daily Beast writer or whoever it is. I want to see them do a multi-year project where they embed in like the the room where these things are happening. Yeah, in the diarrhea then, um, project, the diarrhea cell. And let's get know. fecal samples every week let's or so to see like <laughs> what how explosive the release is and how how often it is. Who is see. hitting the brown note? Yeah, <laughs> who? Yeah, I want to be in the Russian cell that is in charge with yeah playing the brown note on a recorder and giving our spies diarrhea um (laughs) over 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 the internet um because frankly none of us are safe until we can understand you know how our bowels are being affected i can't sleep at night um so anyway if you're interested in this google havana project you're wait 
Havana Syndrome. <laughs> project. That's, that's uh, something. Don't I'm, Google that. Yeah, don't, don't Google, Google that. that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Don't don't take me. Don't take my word at that. But uh, yeah, there's some spookery going on, and you know, just as you can come to expect here at the Future Is Al, um, we will uh, dutifully do our best to uh, you know tell you some some stuff about it that really doesn't mean much of anything. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we're certainly more than happy to talk about it. So and if you happen to listen to us, we're 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 more than happy to uh, you know have you uh, have you on board. Um, so Jonah. How are those uh, how are those relaxed fit jeans feeling right now? I, I'm re- I'm actually wearing some sort of a I'm wearing Dickies sort of double knee carpenter pants, and they feel pretty comfy. Well, the comfy is what counts. This is a comfy. Um, this comfy is a comfy app. Yeah, I hope you guys are all comfy. Um, I'm so, I you know the beauty of doing a podcast, and I think about this often, um, really deeply. <laughs> and I think about this like related to like every aspect of your life is that you, my dear listener, will never know whether or not I'm wearing pants. And yeah. like that's a beautiful thing. I think that rocks, yeah. I won't spoil the magic because uh you know, this is sort of one of the privileges. Maybe one of those days you guys will get to come into the into the our recording layer. Into our multi-million dollar studio. Yeah, maybe. into the yeah into Electric Ladyland Studios <laughs> and see exactly how Mac is uh, outfitted, um, which is quite s- really something to be uh, to be uh, a gog at. But uh, until then, you'll just have to keep listening um, and look out for us next time because I don't know, Mac. I I I I think I've said all I have to say. I have nothing more to say. I'm just going to leave that lingering imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was generous of you. Um, All right, then, listener. We'll we'll see you next time. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. See you. Later, guys. Bye.